Well, hi, everybody. This is Kim Honeycutt. I am the executive director of Presidente of ICU Talks. As you know, you probably stumbled upon our podcast here, Voices, and we're ecstatic you're with us. We think we're up to three or 3,000 3,000. We don't even know. Mm, 300,000. I feel like there's a number three in there. I don't know why. I don't know. But I got three people sitting in front of me, so that's important. So they're going to introduce themselves. We'll start with LJ. Hey, everybody. It's LJ. Hey, LJ. LJ is a big part of ICU Talks, our ministry. And we have Danielle, a board member. Hey. I mean, you introduced That's it? You, hey? You introduced me. That? Like, you passed it on to LJ and, like, gave her room to speak. Right. You, like, You're said, one hey, of it's my, Danielle Justice. You're one of my friends. I'm your friend. Oh, my God. Danielle. Oh, my God. And so I'm not a friend. You are a friend, LJ. <laughs> but I have a new friend. Yes, you do. I have we a new friend. have a new friend. We all yes, have a new we. friend. His name is Thomas Floyd. We have decided to put him on a pedestal. He's on the Enneagram pedestal. He will fall off, and we will stand over him and laugh. <laughs> but not today. Today we will place him on pedestal because he has a knowledge about something really cool that we don't have enough knowledge about. If you are a frequent listener to us, and we hope that you are, then you know we've been talking about the Enneagram. Some people are against it and they think it's the Antichrist, which just makes me want to w- learn more about it when y'all people do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but really, Enneagram is a spiritual tool. It's a great thing. And I was listening to a, a podcast called The Collected... Um, three friends of mine do it. Tia is McNeely is one of my friends, and she does the Collective Podcast. If you haven't listened to that, please do. And I heard this guy named Thomas Floyd, and he spoke so well. And also is studying under somebody I really, really respect. And so I said, I'm finding him. And I did, and so he's here today. So, Thomas, <laughs> will you introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name's Thomas Floyd. Hi, Thomas. And I am a therapist, and I work at a private practice in Charlotte, and yeah, that's what I do. That's who I am. I'm married to a wonderful human being, and I love her with all my heart. Her Aww. Sarah. Aww. Vomit. Aww. <laughs> no, because it was sweet. Yeah. It is sweet. It's it really, really, really sweet. So how long have you been in private practice? Um, for a couple of years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's been two years. I, this is a, the practice that I'm at now is a newer practice. Okay. Or new to me. It's right. Not, it's uh, an established practice, but it's Carolina's Counseling Group. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. yeah, I know them. Yeah. So you stumbled upon the Enneagram at some point in your life. I did. Yeah, tell us about that. So it was about two and a half years ago, and my wife and I were going through a period where we were really – just asking a lot of questions about faith and spirituality. And uh, we came across this podcast called The Liturgists. And they did a pretty, they did like a two and a half hour episode uh, on uh, on the Enneagram with Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And I think they provided a lot of vocabulary for just some of the things that we were experiencing and thinking about. And so after that, we read The Road Back to You, and we're just doing some more research. And uh, and then I applied to be part of a cohort with Suzanne Stabile. And That's huge. Yeah, huge. It's, a, it's really, really cool. And it's about 35 other people that are part of that, part of that thing. So many apply. Like, you have to be selected for this. Yeah. Yes, that yes. is true. That's right. true. So what's, I got to interject and ask this question. What was the timeline between hearing that podcast and then applying to study under it? I think it was about a year. So, okay. But we were okay. still, I mean, we were we were like everybody else when they first heard about the Enneagram, probably being a little annoying about how often we talk about right. it. Right. That's us. That's uh, us. <laughs> that is us right now. And um, But I, I had heard of, you know, I had been listening to Suzanne's podcast, and okay. uh, I knew a little bit ab- about her through her work with Richard Rohr and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, right. Um, and so, yeah, I applied, and there were a lot of applicants, and I was really blessed and honored to be one of the ones that yeah. got in. Yeah. So. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it really is. What is your definition or description of the Enneagram? Okay, so the Enneagram to me is a wisdom tool, a spiritual tool yes. that allows us to grow in more self-awareness of how God has created us to be. Right. And, uh, I, you know, sometimes it's, 
important to define what it's not. So for me, it's not a personality test. Can you say that oh, one more yeah, time? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. So, so Kristen Mockler Young yeah. can hear. It is not, <laughs> it is not a personality <laughs> test, people. Stop it. Stop that. <laughs> so it is not a person. Not that there's anything wrong with personality tests. Uh, like I don't have an issue with them. Right. I think even as a therapist, like I think there's a lot of value in them. But I think the Enneagram to me is more of a tool. And Suzanne says this really cool thing that I really like is she says because people are asking her, you know, what's dangerous about the Enneagram and and what's what's you know what's wrong with the Enneagram. And she says she says the Enneagram goes wrong when we make it out to be more than it is that's right, right. Yeah. yeah and that's so good. yeah so it's a tool you know right. it's a tool to grow in self-knowledge self-awareness right um and for it personally it's been just a remarkable tool for my wife and i to just grow in health with right. each other with ourselves um and it's a formational tool to actually grow more in likeness to be like jesus that's you know? exactly right it's yeah. a christian formation tool as well right um that's been used you know, by all kinds of Christians since the, you know. Right. Is it hard for you to, like, as everybody that you come across that you meet, are you like, she's a five, he's a seven? <laughs> <laughs> like, if I knew yeah. it so well, like you, I, I would, I'd be reading people. He's got his pegged like, already. You know, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, it is. I mean, that the tendency is to do that. Yeah. And I, I have to find myself not doing that. I still do it. Right. Sometimes. But trying <laughs> to, like, right. yeah. disconnect from it and right. just be. But the funny thing is, and I don't know if we want to go here now, but. It's it's actually not who you are. So that's even right. as me right. as a four, that's, right. that's my personality, which is the extra stuff that I've added on because of wounding or hurts or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so it's ironic because we say we're this number, but in reality, the real work of the Enneagram is to identify, quote unquote, what you are, so you identify what you're not. Not yes. Um, yeah. To get to that's the yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because I've been a therapist for a really long time, even though I look so young. I'm sure you're just <laughs> thinking that when you're looking at me. That I've never heard of the personality described as extra what I came up with yeah. because of all my trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've never heard that. And so that's part of when I heard you say that. I was like, I'm finding him. I don't care where he <laughs> I lives. Love, yeah. I don't care if he's was married. I don't care if he has legs. Right. Yeah. He's come. I'm finding this man. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit further? Because yes. when you brought yes. that up, I was like, what? What do you mean extra? I am everything. Sure. You know, why? Sure. What, is, what is extra about <laughs> Which this? Which is extra. <laughs> what is extra about extra. this? <laughs> I'm waving my hands in the air, people. That's right. But I really want to ask what numbers you guys are or uh, quote unquote aren't. I'm an I don't. I'm an I don't, oh, I don't know when I'm I am. An eight. I That's think we're great. the best people ever. But everyone hates us. But I love us. <laughs> I'm a five. That's cool. She said that. Thanks. So reserved. Boring. I mean, because, yeah, Kim, yeah, I'm a five. Cool. I don't, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I really don't. Awesome. I don't. That's I downloaded great. the book, A Road Back to You. Uh-huh. I've listened to everything. I'm like, I'm that. I'm that. I'm that. I'm that. Ooh, I'm okay. everything. Because five and eight come up, which is interesting, us three. Yeah. Five and eight come up strongly for yeah. her. But I love the fact that we've all learned, like, to not let the test dictate what your number is to read. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. decide. Don't let it be based on the test Yeah, you take. I did the bad thing. I took the test first before I, I even knew what the We didn't bad. know. We didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, we didn't, we know. didn't know. And it came out, I was the same two numbers, same percentage. Which not same two numbers. Five and eight. Okay. Well, you know, 89%. You know they share a line on the Enneagram. Yes. Right, so. Yeah. That but you can only be one number. Yeah. Correct. And yes. I was insistent that, no, I am two. <laughs> so maybe that tells me the two number numbers, right there. Not the number two. Right. Two numbers. I'm sorry. Yeah. I right. was a five and an eight. I was yeah. like, I am two numbers. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're not. You, you can't one be. Number. And then I heard so Suzanne's podcast. And I was like, no, I guess I could only be one <laughs> number. Right. So what do you think of all that? Does it change anything knowing our numbers or anything for you? <laughs> Um, probably the dynam- dynamic, I'm sure, right? He's probably like, please let me leave now. No, I love eights and I love fives. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you, I love fours. I have learned I really like fours. We are, we Wait, are interesting. You're a four? Sure. I am a know? four. Are you a sexual four, social four? Well, so we're going to talk about subtypes. Wow. Yes. Wow, we're just jumping into it? No, I wanted to learn the history. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm no, no, no. sorry. It's interesting because my this last cohort that I was just part of uh, is we were just talking about subtypes. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, S- Suzanne's definition by what she's learned is that you're not one over the others. Like it's not like your number. Right. So okay. it's like a layer cake. 
So with okay. different percentages. Okay. And your subtype can change, unlike your number, depending on situations. Okay. So for example, I am uh, like in my layer cake, I'm more sexual slash one-on-one right. than any of the other ones. But I remember a time early in my life that I was definitely more self-preservation. Gotcha. And for the listeners, if you're wondering like what what the heck are y'all talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You need to go into yeah. layer cake. They're, yeah. they're instincts. And so they're, it's calorie-free cake. Okay, everybody? <laughs> uh-uh. If I'm going to have cake, I'm going to have cake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm with you on that one, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, so within each, within each number, you have three subtypes. And another word for it can be instincts. So one of them is a self-preservation instinct. Another one is a social instinct. And then another one is a sexual slash one-to-one instinct. Okay. And that can change over time depending on life situations. So, um, so yeah, that's a right. little bit about And sexual type. doesn't mean what y'all were thinking, like it's sex. It's yeah, get like, your mind out of the gutter. Right, like it's just sex. We don't do that. How do you know what we're over here thinking? I'm just... Because no, I'm watching. talking to I the know listeners. You I know you did. I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs> I know your history, Danielle. That's why. <laughs> it wasn't you, Danielle. It was the listeners. Yeah, but it's just in, when the minute anybody hears sex, you, you, you go back to fifth grade and you start getting yeah. it. Like it just... Right, it just happened. Yeah. So just knowing this is a very three great things to know about, so I don't want people going in a different right. direction. Yeah, right, that's right. 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 Seriously, yeah. 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 So yeah, those yeah. are... So I'm... I'm a... I guess my layer cake, the bigger one would be the sexual slash one-on-one. Right. Okay. All right. Where would people go to learn more about the instincts, the three instincts? Yeah. Um, so there's a really good book if you really want to delve deep by Beatrice Chestnut, yeah. which is like yeah, yeah. 500 pages, like really. Right. And Cliff notes, everybody. Cliff I was going to write that down. <laughs> then he said 500 pages <laughs> and I just put the pen down. down. <laughs> I was like, never mind. But interesting <laughs> enough, if for, for those of you guys that are new to the Enneagram, Suzanne and I keep coding her because she's, oh, she's the one amazing. that's teaching she's me amazing. a lot. She's amazing. She's good. So it's yeah. not that she's the only one that teaches it, um, but she recommends not going deep into subtypes unless you're two years into the process. Interesting. Because you can actually get lost in that world and not do the work of what it is mm. that your number is yeah. about. So right. that makes sense. Through yeah. the years, she's found yeah. that like when people go there quickly, it it just gets muddled and confusing. So. I, I did not hear that advice before. As a four, I'm like, no, I want to go deep and I want to go now. Right, so, and you want to feel uh, all of it. You want to feel every <laughs> bit of it as a four, right? So, yeah. so I, uh, but that's what she suggests. But if you want a really good book, uh, she's she's got a really good book. Uh, but you can just do a Google search and it just kind of talks about the different subtypes. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah. So there's you not, had another, there's oh, not like sorry. a test or similar to the Enneagram number. There's not like a no, test. I love, I love how you had a test. You said test you're a five. and then your eyes got really big. Because she's a five. Because I get so excited. It's just, everyone has three. You use all three, but there's a dominance. I know, but so you just figure out what you are based on what each right. one is. Right. Correct. Yeah. I don't have to answer 8,000 no, questions. No. Okay. No. But you, you had a question in regards to personality, right? And what do you mean by... Yeah, the, the excess... Sure. Yeah, what is what is that? So we have uh, this thing called our true self, which is who we were when we were born. And that's who God created us to be, right? And then what happens over time, you know, I talked about wounding. We're all wounded to a certain extent. And that's not because our parents were terrible human beings. It's just because there's no way that one person can, like, meet all our needs or fulfill our, all our needs. So what happens is we we form personality so we add personality and all that is is our coping mechanisms to be able to deal with our needs not getting met right so okay so that is personality and that to be to be totally honest is honed in by the age of five yeah so like by the okay. age of five you already have these coping mechanisms and these coping skills and for those that really want to know a lot more about that, you know, the field of attachment, you know, mm-hmm. talks a lot mm-hmm. about how we attach mm-hmm. with our caregivers and yeah. and whether we have secure attachment or insecure attachment. And and so because of that, that's what's added. Now, okay. n- now that personality isn't bad. Like when I've talked to people about this, it's like, well, how do I get rid of it? Well, you can't get rid of personality. <laughs> yeah, because right? when you right. use the word excess, usually excess is a negative term, like too Correct. much. Correct. Right? So... It's not about it's it's I think it's more about removing the parts of our personality mm-hmm. that 
um, that we've added on to get to our original core self. Correct. Right. Okay, so our, got it. So our real self is a combination the of real our self. true self and our false self. Okay. And um, and that's kind of you know Richard Rohr language. And some people are really right. skeptical about his work, and I'm definitely not like a hundred percent on everything he says. But I think his work uh, can be helpful in regards to this conversation. He talks a lot about what um, you know what your true self is. Right. Um, so. So does that does that answer it your does. question? It does. It just feels like now there's a lot of layers so that I need to take two years to get through. <laughs> but the real to work, find my mo- real motivation. The real work of transformation then is um, to allow for things to fall away instead okay. of adding something. Because a lot of times when people when we talk about transformation, it's like I'm going to add all these things, right? Which is essentially kind of what the self help business world is all about. Right. But um, what Suzanne says is that what transformation is about is allowing parts of our personality to fall away so that we can encounter, you know, who we really right. are. I like that visual. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that, but that can, that, that it's hard for that to happen a lot of times because we want control and we don't mm-hmm. want to let go. We have to really and, slow down for and that And so, you know, mm-hmm. what Roar talks about in Falling Upward is he says that comes either in a moment of great loss and great suffering mm-hmm. or a moment of great desire. So there's just this longing for something more. So that's why he talks about the first half of life and the second half of life. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, 35 to 45, there's something that, that occurs where you're just like, this box just doesn't work for me anymore. Right. And so, um, you know, things like centering prayer and contemplative prayer and some of these spiritual practices what they do well is that they they allow us to observe our personality and then it's in that place where god like helps us to kind of remove parts of our personality that just aren't good interesting so, yeah sorry wow. that yeah would have, that might have been a little too much there. no it's no great. actually yeah this is actually, yeah no this is such good. a great way of explaining pattern i i look at it because i teach a lot about obviously about false self and that's the shame blame trauma rejection mm-hmm. that comes from things that came into our lives that God didn't necessarily have intended for us, but the enemies use and take away from who you right. really are, your right. authentic self. And, and in John, about 1, 9 through 13, if you read, especially the message version, it talks about that, that Christ came so you could be your true self. Mm-hmm. And it literally says true self, right? Hmm. So if we're going to know who we are, I have to know who the enemy convinced me I was. And that's where a lot of the behavior comes in, and God's mm-hmm. about character, right? He develops our yep. character, which is behavior is can be personality, but behavior a lot of times is what we do because we're disconnected. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think sometimes the obstacle in these conversations is that people think it has something to do with how God feels about us. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. there's nothing we can, d- there's nothing we can do to get God to love us more right. or to get God to love us less. Right. right. So it has nothing to do with kind of a performance based thing. It's right. more about we get to kind of uh, awaken to the reality that we get to just do life with God mm-hmm. and in that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, in that communion, we get to see ourselves in ways that we didn't see ourselves before. And I think the Enneagram is a great tool to, to have the self-awareness and the self-knowledge to, to be aware of those things. Right. So. Absolutely. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Cause it's, 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 it just goes back to knowing who God is and mm-hmm. who he says I am. And that's right. just a simplistic thing, but it takes so much to really get, mm-hmm. to have the parts fall away, the subpersonalities fall away so I can see. Right. Because when we do the same thing we've always done, like you say the same thing when, you, when somebody says something to you, you have the same reaction to everything. You there's you don't contemplate anything. You don't right. observe anything. It's just automatic. Mm-hmm. It's automatic, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it can, it can come from false self. It can come from a strategy. It worked when you were 10. It doesn't work anymore, but we still keep using it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what's been the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself through the Enneagram? Um, the most surprising thing? Yeah. Just the idea that my way of seeing the world, I mean, this sounds borderline narcissistic, but that my way of seeing the world is not the only way of seeing yeah. the world. Oh, you know, yeah. I think what the Enneagram so accurately describes is that we we get really single-minded and in a box and we think that our way of seeing the world is the way everybody sees the world right like or i should. remember or I, should see the world i remember <laughs> like i point. remember reading i remember reading the description my d- the description once i found out i was a four and i thought to myself 
oh, <laughs> not everybody thinks this way. Right. And that, right. and you know, Sarah had the same, it, it was the same thing for her. And I think for so many of us, it, it helps us to grow in compassion in relationships because it's, yeah. oh, this is what this person is thinking. And this is why this person responded this way. Right. And this is why this person can't make eye contact when we're talking about something that's emotional in nature. Right. Or this is why this person needs to process in this way, which is completely right. different than the way I the, process. Their, their time yeah. orientation yeah. is right. different. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Or this is why, you know, and so I, I think for me, it, it just, uh, it helped me grow in compassion for other people and how they did life and how they thought about things. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to learn from people because I've, I've learned this a lot of people are relationship thinkers. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So if you're friends with me and you're thinking about our last interaction, well, I'm oh, not. Yeah. I'm right. thinking about me. I'm thinking about the next task in front of me, the next thing I need to mm-hmm. do, and someone else will get parked on something. Well, that's because your orientation to time is to the future. Right, because right. I'm a fast thinker and I'm really, really smart. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's just different. Like It's just different, and it's just such freedom in what you said. I think mm. it's huge to know. Like, oh, my job is to let Danielle be Danielle. And friendship is when you let me be me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But or And then you guys can connect in your own. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Number is so. I yeah. was making up my own word here, but right. whatever. So I um, when I, I forget who I told that I was a five, but they said, oh, you don't find, there's not very many female or women aren't usually fives or something mm. like that. Is that, have you found I've that? Is that, that accurate? Uh. Knowing what I know about fives, I think this is a general statement, but uh, and knowing what I do as a therapist, the ways five think culturally has more in line with how males think. So I, underst- I understand why, why somebody would say, say that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that hmm. makes me feel a little bit better. Right. Yeah. What, what number, and again, I know that's not the, sure. the focus. There's more to it and understand that. For you as a therapist, have you found a certain Enneagram type that is more resistant to therapy? Mm. That's a good question. Yay, me. <laughs> I was going to ask a similar question. Whatever. There's no proof of that. <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I don't know that there's one. I think people that are in the aggressive stance, mm. so, or as another aggressive stance person told me it's not aggressive it's assertive Uh, (laughs) okay uh, right they They just proved that point i think i think in therapy they just struggle for different reasons so if you're in a stance have you guys talked about stances? no 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 no. okay there's more yeah Yeah, i mean there's There's so much five you can research it i downloaded one white paper and it's already confusing so yeah real quick overview you have your three centers of intelligence. You have okay. thinking, feeling, and doing. Right. Your triad, which is twos, threes, and fours, are in the heart triad. Five, six, and sevens are in the head triad. Eights, nines, and ones are in the gut triad. Your triad has to do with your dominant center. So two, threes, and fours are like feeling oriented, right? Five, six, and sevens, they, they're head oriented. Then eights, nines, and ones are doing oriented. Well, what happens is you also have a repressed center so, and this is where the, the real, what Suzanne says is um, long life Enneagram work is bringing up your repressed center. Yep. So your repressed okay. center has to do, because we have three centers of intelligence, but oftentimes we're using two out of the three, which is why we're so tired all the time and which is why we're, we're just not functioning in balance. So bringing up your repressed center um, so for me as a four, I'm, I'm doing repressed. Now that doesn't mean that I never do, but my doing is rarely productive. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and for, uh, you know, for eights, eights are feeling repressed. Oh yeah. I'm but very repressive. But I can do things and like a mother, like I can get things done right. in an amazing way, but I can't, I don't feel anything. Yeah. Why were I literally lost my train of thought. Why was I bringing this up? You were up? talking about how great I am. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> I think it. that was, was that it. it? That's yeah, it. That that's it. always yeah. right. That's always well, defer to that question. Right. No, the question is the 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 your 
Which what you I see asked about what were in their yeah. height. Oh, okay. The number. Yeah. So, for example, for three sevens and eights who are in their aggressive stance and who or the assertive stance mm. and who are feeling repressed, they want quick solutions in therapy. Yeah. So right. for them, anything longer than three sessions, it's like, well, what are the action steps? Like, why aren't I feeling better yet? <laughs> and when, huh. when can I do it now? Right. Um, for somebody like a six on the Enneagram, mm. like they're very skeptical about everything in life. Right. And so it's what they're doing is they're judging and analyzing the therapist and making sure mm-hmm. that they're not, you know, pulling some Tony Robbins or, you know, anything that they're skeptical yeah. about. So right. I think Funny. people are right. different. Are, are skeptical for different reasons. I would say that twos, I, I guess the people that are that are more open to therapy than anybody else mm-hmm. are twos and nines. Mm-hmm. But that's just because they're other-oriented and they, right. they fall into a trap of being people-pleasing by nature. Right. That's right. Uh, and, but as a therapist, you have to be aware of that. Yes. Because if you're not, then you can really easily manipulate them without yes. even meaning to. And then yeah. oh, the session won't so be around. The session won't so be about them. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of interesting because they're supposed to be helping themselves go see a therapist, but then they're people-pleasing within the th- yeah, <laughs> session. I will tell you that, um, and it's really good that I'm an eight as a therapist, in my opinion. Because mm. I feel like I have some type of God-given skill to help people, codependents, the twos and nines, yep. people-pleasers. Because when they come in and say, how are you doing? I won't answer. So if Danielle mm-hmm. came in as a five, I will. Because, yep. and I won't let them talk about, and I had a woman come in this week and her, her role was that she couldn't talk about anyone else because she will tell a story in every detail of everybody else in the story. Yes. And I don't want to get paid for that. It doesn't feel right to me. Yes. Right. I want it to be about her. And I know it's her sickness, just like I'm not allowed to go into a session and drink because that's right. my illness. Right. So I can't have a codependent come in and talk about everybody else or me. I won't let them. So for me, I'm able to, yeah. because I, I'm a trauma specialist, I know it's slow, so I don't mm-hmm. rush people. Um, but That's with twos good. and nines, they will do anything but talk about themselves. Yeah, and I think the thing you have to remember, too, is as a therapist, there's a level of perceived authority that comes with that there's a power differential that's already there present so if someone if you're other referenced already so if you look to people to kind of get your opinion or your belief system and someone says something like they'll merge with you and 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 so the real work of you have to be careful with them because you can say anything and they'll just kind of just don't own it don't own it okay and so uh, for me the way i used enneagram therapy is i rarely have them like here are the types, but for me, it actually helps me to identify what the problems are very quickly. Mm. Okay. So if someone's in the head triad, I know that they're gonna, they are more likely to struggle with anxiety than a lot of other numbers because they're in their head a lot and they're thinking about um, all kinds of things um, more often. So, um, so I think, yeah. Yeah, that was gonna be my question: is like, how do you use that, and do you use it within you know your therapy sessions? Um, and I guess back to that, like, why apply? Why go all out and become an expert in this? You know, like the average people like me, I just want to learn about it. And I want to, I want to be able to be, have those conversations sure. with people, but why get into that, that lane? Sure. I don't know. I mean, I guess for me as a four, I've always been interested in, relationships and in inner workings and that kind of stuff so for me it gave a lot of language to what i think is a lot of misunderstanding in relationships a lot of times and so um you know for me that's that's why i got into it and as a four you know fours just hate anything that's surface right like (laughs) anything that's and and honestly that can be a detriment to fours because Mm -hmm. they forget about the fact that a lot of times life is about surface things sometimes. Mm. There doesn't have to be something deep, deep about you washing about the dishes. Right. Like sometimes <laughs> right. you just gotta wash it to right. wash it because right. it's the yeah. thing to do. Or Je- right. Jesus's face is not in that bubble <laughs> pattern, okay? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think for me it's just, uh, and I think at some point I'd like to do a little more teaching around it just because of okay. how beneficial it's been for me and yeah and even in my relationship with Sarah and um so I guess that's why I I wanted to kind of go after it and but I have this tendency to just just go deep on stuff so that's why I wanted to to really get so you do you do you is it part of your therapy 
Like, kind of. Okay. So, I, I really have to discern if it's appropriate for me to sit down with a client and say, How "Let's go through all the numbers." Mm. But okay. I'm able to identify what their stuff is quicker if I'm able to have a grasp around their number. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of people are just skeptical about the the system of the Enneagram. It's like, and I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we're all believers here, right? Right, yeah. right, uh, right. Yeah. But I find that in the West, in the Protestant West, there's this dichotomy that if you're trying to better yourself, that is antithetical or yes. opposite yes. to, quote unquote, glorifying God. Yep. And oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, because yes. it's because yes. it's selfish. Because you're going inward. Because yeah. you're thinking about your, your stuff desires. as right. opposed to what does God want me <laughs> yes, to do? Right. God is up there in the sky, so I need to center my life around that. Okay. Right. And so I think what my generation saying with the Enneagram is, I think there's been a. Um, there's been a frustration that if that's the version of Christianity that you're presenting, where you're telling me to read the Bible and to pray 30 minutes a day, but then your life doesn't actually like symbolize what a mentally healthy person is, there have to be other tools Mm -hmm. to be able to get to that. Mm -hmm. And so by no means am I saying that the Enneagram is the Bible, but I think it's just a tool in saying just doing these spiritual practices are not enough. You actually have to work on your own stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean by that dichotomy. I think yeah. people in my generation are saying, how does um, how does following Jesus have something to do with my way of life here, here and now? Here, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. John 3.30 is one of my favorite scriptures, and that's simply that I must decrease so that he can increase. Mm. And so I've learned the decrease is the false self. Mm. Like, like I, I love the fact that I worked the 12 steps in AA because it was showing me all the false self, who I thought I was, that led to a spiritual awakening. Mm. So I would that I would know who God said I was, so from there I would go spread a message. Right. right? And so the fact that that's in a 12-step program and not necessarily in a church, even mm-hmm. though the scripture says decrease of self, that decrease is not of you. Why would you <laughs> send your son to mm-hmm. be crucified, right? be buried, be resurrected and then tell you neglect yourself don't pay yourself any attention i did all this with my son he went through all this for you <laughs> but don't you pay yourself any attention but right. he did that for you yeah like it like you know it just doesn't make sense to me but i think you're so right we gotta if this is the enneagrams the way people say oh i have to figure out who god says i am yes and from there i'm i can understand i'm chosen from there i can know purpose because we were created in his image right right, right. So absolutely it, it's not a it, it, I just don't find that to be in competition with living a life for Christ, right? right. right. We're living our lives for Jesus. Yeah. If anything, the best thing I can offer the world from a missional perspective is the best part of who I am, yeah. right? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So uh, yeah. if I'm not doing self. that, then I'm really not doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you had emailed me based on a post I put. It was a great email, and I told you I'm going to use it and never give you any credit <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> but it was so true, and it just resonated in my heart because it's true. You get into the church, and there's a salvation. You're saved. We don't do the transformation. We don't get you from Friday to, to Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, because then you can't talk about yourself anymore. You can't think about yourself. If you're going to get to the transformation, have that, mm-hmm. that resurrection Sunday in all areas of your life, I mean, you have to be figuring out who right. you are and who you aren't. Right. And the Enneagram does that. Yeah. And yeah. I think what I wrote in that email was, I, I don't know if you've heard of Aaron Nyquist, but he wrote yes. this book called yes. The Eternal Current, which talked about um, a practice-based faith, not just a right. belief-based faith. Mm. And um, how one of the things that we're really struggling with, and especially evangelical circles, uh, and if y'all disagree with anything I'm saying, you can just cut we'll this part off. We'll throw things at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this idea. We'll mute your mic. It's this, <laughs> idea that, it's this idea that believing is everything in the faith. Yes. And believing may be the first step, but it's there's way more than that. So much more. And I think in Protestant circles, when we talk about quote unquote, doing the work right. or uh, a practice based faith, they right. think it takes away from um, gr- a grace filled message that right. Jesus right. paved away. Right. And for me, it's not an either or, it's a both and. Yeah. You know, it's okay. this idea yeah. that that there is a work to be done, but that doesn't take away from like God's love for you or mm-hmm. how God feels about you right. or the fact that 
since the beginning of time, God knew you, you know, it right. doesn't take away from that, but there's an invitation that we're invited to, to be able to actually participate with the God of the universe, mm. uh, in, in mm. this kingdom, That's in right. this world. So. That's right. right. Yeah. And part of why I'm smiling is that I don't know what order our listeners are going to hear these podcasts, but our last person, Heather. Practice. We were talking about mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. We talked very clearly, concretely about this, a practice. And so if you don't have your practice, you don't have your thing that, again, right. spotlights what blocks you from being in the moment of the love with him. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, what? what's the meditation? What's, mm. the, what's the thing that you're doing? Right. See, it's not obligated to do. It's out of out of love for him and receiving his love. Mm. Yeah. We just talked about that. So I, right. I love, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's right. Then you have a question. I can see. I don't. I'm just sitting over here li- patiently. You're just taking it in. Yeah. She's the five. Remember, she's thinking five. five sorry. She's head. Yeah. The uh, guy you just mentioned, Aaron, I'll mispronounce his last name, but he's one of the best podcasts I've heard. I heard Ian. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Int- interview him. On subtypes. Yeah. But it was so interesting because it was like Aaron was, was, was no longer a guest. He was just a sponge. He was just like, <laughs> tell me more, Daddy. And then what happened? <laughs> you know? What? And he's okay. a brilliant man. And he was just yeah. like, what? Yeah. And then, that's why my wife does that? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because Suzanne also says that subtypes matter way more in marriage dynamics than uh, numbers do. Yeah. It makes uh, because it's our okay. instinct. It's like why you do something. It's your motive. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you have someone that's self-preservation, whatever the number is, they're, they're worried about comfort and safety and having a space that's welcoming and uh, a lot of times strong boundaries. And then you have someone that's one-on-one slash sexual who wants to go deep and is intimate and wants to do like that can cause huge yes, kind of marital yes, difficulties. Yes. Sounds so, like me and my husband. Yes, I'm just saying yes. so just like, yeah. understanding understanding that. But then if your subtype layer changes, how that can have an effect on the way mm-hmm. you were doing life. You right. know, so right. one of the things Su- Suzanne said is the Enneagram is incredibly simple while being incredibly complex at the same time. <laughs> you know, it can be incredibly that the foundation of it can be really simple, but then mm-hmm. there's enough there where y- you can really go deep if you really want to. Feels yeah. like a lifetime journey. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. Ha- yeah. Have you found any na- like, I don't know if I want to say non-truths, but you know, as it's gotten more popular, of course, like on social media, you see everyone's stories, like they're integrate, like yes. everything. Yes. And you, s- I've seen so many of like fives are good with eights and sevens should date threes. Mm. I'm just totally making that up. But are there some like studies or is that real like research that's been no okay i've wondered that like is someone <laughs> just does someone just want an eight in their life and well, you gonna set up a dating like, dating right. website yes. on the enneagram i do that but it i wondered be un- it wouldn't be scientific people would still do it they would go for it yeah. they, they, would swipe they left. are doing they would swipe no, left I'm for an eight like, you see those you know they've got like the yeah, charts yeah. That, yeah. and i've wondered yeah. is that like how real right well is what, or what, yeah what's interesting is that a lot of the conversation about the enneagram in the modern world that we live in is very trendy, but very, um, I would say not w- like what the founders wanted it wanted. to be. Yeah. So this whole, yeah. like I, I follow Enneagram and coffee. I think yeah. their stuff is yeah. hilarious, right. but that was not what the Enneagram was supposed to be. About. Right. 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 And that's why for so long it was an oral tradition. Like people didn't, it was yeah. an oral tradition mm. because they knew <laughs> that as this kind of stuff it, would happen. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Now, that's what I wanted yeah, yeah. to ask. You right. asked her if she had a question. I have a question. Okay, boo. Are you ready? I'm ready. History. Ooh. Where did this come from? Because for yeah. me, it dropped out of the sky a month or so ago. <laughs> had not heard about it. So, I mean, and they were talking about it. it's been years, you know, oh, like hundreds of years. Yeah. Oh, thousands, thousands of yeah, years. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus didn't take it the test, but it was close <laughs> after that. I should yeah. say I should say that Seriously, I feel very yeah. unqualified to answer this question, but I do have some thoughts and ideas that may spur you on to like do some okay, more to research. do some more research. Okay, <laughs> uh, but I think you know there are glimpses of this within, if we're honest, different religious traditions. Yes, like in Christianity, uh, there's a correlation with the nine types with the seven deadly sins. Okay. And, and like the sins. But if we're honest, too, uh, like there are 
people in different religious traditions that also have used the Enneagram throughout the years. Now, it's a different version of the Enneagram, and this is where I don't feel qualified to answer the question because I, I really don't know all the inner workings. Right, right. But it's been an oral tradition that's been passed out. But in the United States, when it really took off is when it, um, in the 1960s at okay. University of California, um, people uh, were using it more and more and more. And also in the 60s and the 70s, th it was used primarily in spiritual direction. So um, in Catholicism, you have this thing called spiritual direction mm -hmm. where you meet with a spiritual director and it's one-on-one -on -one and it's like, hey, like I'm struggling with this. And that was a tool to use in spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. So now it's you know, I think Richard Rohr kind of popularized it a little more. And, uh, but initially it was supposed to be used like one-on-one -on -one okay. so that you could work on your stuff. Okay. Um, and now I think it's just, and I, I think there are like, there are good things that's, that have come out of it. Like it's good that a lot of more people are aware, Yeah. but unfortunately the conversation has a lot more to do with shortcuts Okay. Then it has to do with the essence of it. Right. So, for example, like taking a personality test, mm -hmm. um, that's not really what the Enneagram is about. Right. So. Right. Right. And, right. and cool. to go with that and go with what you said, like people are getting more into wings. Yes. And I know, you know, I don't know a lot, but I don't enough to, to sound arrogant that because <laughs> people say, I just took the test and I'm a seven and I'm a, I'm a wing three i'm like no it's a yeah. wing it's your right and your left arm like it it can't be that so my question to you is my understanding from what i've read mm -hmm. whatever my number is my wing obviously if i'm an eight i have to be a seven and a nine sure. of the wings but the wings are behavior it's not type wing really shows more behavior than it does type uh, i have heard that as well yeah suzanne's uh, suzanne's uh thoughts on wings are that they are way more important than we're making them out to be. Interesting. Um, because they are more important. Huh. And and I'm saying that this is this is the person that I'm studying from. Right, so right, there right. Are she's other and she's the godmother. Well, she's the godmother. There are other Indian people Graham. that might have different opinions. Well, we like your opinion, Thomas. We like you. We like you. The original, I think, wings have become way more like important in 2019. Than they were originally uh, when the Enneagram oh, okay. was first. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it's that. not gotcha. that it's not that it's not a thing, mm. but it's more that like subtypes and knowing your number and also knowing where you go to stress and security. Yeah. Yes. Knowing where you yes. knowing yes. that it's kind of it's not a static system, but knowing what's happening when you're stressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. and knowing what's happening when you're secure. Right. That's that's more important than wings are. So yeah. I think people just like saying it. it sounds well, fancy, right. and maybe they don't like five, their number and like flying like yes, a wing. Like <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I was just right. wondering if you're not satisfied with your number, but I'm a wing over here, you know. So right. you know, there's a combination. Right. You so know? Right. I thought, and I still think that I'm a four with a three wing. Right. But I thought that a lot of my behavior had to do with my three wing. But honestly, the more that I've looked into it. I think it has to do with me going to two and stress. Like when I'm okay. stressed, I go to two, which looks incredibly image driven and uh, can be people pleasing at times and that right. kind of stuff. But that that had more to do with where I went to and stress and it had to do with a with a wing. Right. Right. So right. Okay. And with this I'm gonna circle back to kinda of where we started about then you'll know, ask like do you see a see a patient or a client and think oh you're you're mm -hmm. an eight and you're mm -hmm. a six and kind of thing and because what i've realized is that i can identify a two and a nine because they're very behavior driven right like it's so evident and again it's part of who comes to my door right. that god lets me help but outside of that i'm not good at identifying i'm i'm off with identifying and in that and that's good because it's for them i tell people sure. like you know, I said, I'm not going to tell you your number. I will write it down because I got my little guess, but I want you to read, sure. you to do whatever. Because if I tell you and then you go read, I have authority in your life. Mm. You're going to think I'm right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. You're right. going to make yourself fit in yeah. that number. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Kind of thing. And so um, just want to check with you about that. That, that it's, I mean, how accurate are you? Because you've been, you're studying under the godmother of Enneagram. <laughs> right. Like, are you <laughs> accurate with people? Because I'm not. I'm s not I'm always. Not always. Yeah. Now my wife is a six, and uh -huh. she's she's really good. 
she's really mm. and but i um but i i mean i think it just depends because so much of what we think is a person's number is not what their motivation is that's, that's what right. makes it that's hard a, yeah that's, 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 that's like where it's I'm like having, oh yeah. that's an eight thing no it doesn't have right. to be right. that they could be doing it for completely different reasons yeah, yeah. that's right. a good point yeah right. so uh that's why i in therapy try not to assume yeah but with i will say with my really close friends like i break all those rules it's almost fun yeah yeah, good yeah we there. have a good time with it we tease each yeah. other <laughs> yeah and i'm nobody right now i don't know what i am right so y'all can't tease me all right yeah but there is something about you're because you're doing it to understand people but i love they brought up motives because if there are 10 people and they all do the same behavior. They all do the same Correct. action. Their motives are different. Correct. And your motives really matter. Right. It really dictates I depth. It, it dictates so much. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, your motives, your motives really do matter. And I think part of the beauty of the Enneagram is that we start to recognize and realize that there's a reason why we do what we do. Right. Um, and you probably know this as a therapist, mm. when someone comes into your office and says, this is what the issue is. And mm-hmm. rarely is that what the issue so is. So rarely. Right? And when it's they like say, and when they, say right? they had a good childhood, I'm like, oh, you're a lifer. Yes. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, it's the idea of recognizing why, why am I feeling the need to not be vulnerable about this right now or why yeah. am i why is there because for them they see it as an isolated event right right it's like mm-hmm. this is this is when in reality we you know we go into family history and that kind of stuff and we r- realize that this has been a pattern yeah this is, this is something that happens because they're a way of seeing the world right, right. they have a they have right. a very specific way um of seeing the world yeah and so yeah that yeah that's what that's about right well, I'm I'm so grateful that you that God allowed you to come into the Enneagram world and that you're you're studying and it's not just you're studying under Suzanne, Suzanne. It's really not that. It's you, honestly, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I don't I just don't gel connect. With it. Yeah, yeah, I don't connect yeah, with you're everybody. You're really easy to connect with. Yeah, and like yeah. so they can be saying the same thing you're saying, and I'm like, shut up, go <laughs> <laughs> do heroin, like whatever. You know, like it's just not. That's, it doesn't. That's resonate. good advice, Kim. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> this really is why I make. This is why I make the big bucks. If as I one therapist any, says to another, right, right. <laughs> if I learned anything today, it's it's that. Do not do yeah. heroin. Well, if you learn anything, you'll know that I'm I'm not your typical therapist. I don't really. I don't believe in. I don't believe in ethics. I find them unnecessary. <laughs> I just have a good lawyer. That's what. <laughs> you that's good. good there you have that's it. That's good. Yeah. So, but really, I just think there's something special about you, and I want you to know oh, that. Thanks. Yeah, I think you present it well. I can tell your heart's in it, and that your heart's really for the Lord. Mm. You know, and so when people say to me, and I've had people say, like, I've listened to all this you've said about Enneagrams. I don't hear anything about God in this. And, mm. you know, like, oh, it's such a great way to find out your motive to see are you doing something right. for the Lord? Or are you doing it because you've been doing that since you were five years old, and that's your role in the family? Right. You know, like, it's just such good information. So thank you. Like, yeah. it's amazing. John, John Calvin uh, said this. He said, any, any pursuit of God must also, must also include a level of self-knowledge in your life. Wow. Oh, so, I love that. Wow. So Write that down, somebody. It yeah. cannot, the, that's what I was trying to say mm. before, that, that dichotomy and that s- separateness of word, that, yeah. Um, yeah. that divide that we've created where God's up here and we're down here and our whole life is to just please whatever is up there. He created us like he, yeah. mm-hmm. he's, you know, yeah. he's in, Paul talks about he's inside of us, you know, he's yes. in us yes. right. and that's why we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Right. And so, that's right. um, and so I think once, once we grab onto that and we recognize mm. that it's the Holy Spirit that's living inside of us. And so then because of that, we, relationally yeah with the father with the son and yeah. with the holy spirit we get to actually walk side by side with Whew. them yeah it's not good. something that we have to do wow. like wow. Powerful. Yeah. so powerful yeah so it makes um, life so exciting yeah when you look at it that way yeah, every day, yeah. you know yeah. yeah no it's really great and so are you accepting new clients new patients i am at this point i am so his name is thomas floyd and he's at carolina counseling i am and they have a website yes would you like to say anything so people can get in touch with you Sure. 
Um, I hadn't really thought about this, but maybe I probably should have. I think I should probably more, be more prepared. Google Carolina's counseling group in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Boyd. And just know that he is, because, you know, once I... I nab somebody like I make them part of my life, and <laughs> oh. just kinda, you're in it forever. Yeah, you're, just you're in. You're in. I have not gone to his house, looked through his window yet. So we're not there. We're getting there. We're a step closer to that. But he is. I'll know at three o'clock in the morning when someone's like, you know knocking hey, on the door. I'm thirsty. You got any water? Right. I do that. We do. We believe in water at our house. We household. believe in <laughs> water at the Floyd household. Thomas and Sarah Floyd have water. If anybody's out there and they're thirsty, <laughs> <laughs> they believe in water. Uh, so, but you're in the Pineville, South Charlotte areas where yes. your, your practice is. Not your house. You don't talk about your house. Yeah, <laughs> don't practice, talk about your house. All right, your practice is there. But he is part of ICU Talks now. And so he is doing the Enneagram workshop, which is even more, more of what you just heard. And that is November 2nd, 2019. That's We're having so an awesome. all day. Mm-hmm. And so if you are a, a psychotherapist, you get six hours CEUs. I don't know too many places I can go and hear amazing speakers and have worship music and be around incredible people like LJ and Danielle and get six hour CEUs. Like that just. Yeah, that's amazing. And only for yeah. 30 bucks? It's $30. That's it. That's a, that's a crack rock and a half. That's <laughs> really? all that is. Yes, $20 a crack rock. I don't that's think all. you know that. Well, I'm a drug addict. Recovered. <laughs> but that's all that is. This is good stuff. This is really good stuff. It's a awesome. high all day long and it'll keep on lasting. Yeah. So, yeah. So go to eventbrite.com, search ICU Talks Conference 2019 if you want to be in his workshop. I do have to tell y'all, normally when I do a workshop, I'm the first one that fills up. Everybody wants to be in my group. Nope, not this year. Oh, no. Everybody wants to be in Thomas's group. So you <laughs> I didn't better, know that. It's true. So <laughs> yeah. you better sign up now. You only get 25 people in there. So go sign up. That's cool. Right now, yeah. eventbrite.com, search ICU Talks 2019 conference. LJ, Danielle, anything you want to say in closing to our very amazing guests, super smart guests? Well, I just, I'm starting that journey. So if you're connected to Kim, yeah, technically you're talk, connected talk to us. Talk. I want to talk about you know? me. I want to talk about my five. Yeah. Yes. We should. And that's it. So. I, think, I know. We, we, we yeah. need to do something like that. And back to me. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> no, but Thank I'm going to be in your group. <laughs> oh, great. Whatever. Look, go ahead. Go. You're not going to the group. You won't be there. Yeah, yeah, she thank is you guys for having me. This thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. Yay. And listeners, thank you. thank you for being a part of what we do. Just know that our goal is to end the stigma against mental health and have everybody know that your emotional maturity is directly correlated to your spiritual fulfillment. So keep doing what you need to do.